It's the Morgan Evans More or Less Pickleball podcast coming at you in three, two, one, boom. Today's episode, we've got a blast from the past when I catch up with the uber-talented Dave Fleming. Dave isn't just one of the top pickleball players in the world, he's also a comedian. Labelled as the Jerry Seinfeld of corporate comedy, he performs around the country while juggling his work as the senior VP for a major ad agency. It's fair to say the man sees the world in different ways, which is why I can't wait to talk. Please welcome Dave Fleming. Happy to have you. How you been? I'm doing well. I mean, it's a crazy 10 weeks, that's for sure, or more. But doing uh, well, been very interesting that both my daughters you know, are in college, and then suddenly it's like we're back in middle school. <laughs> they're all here. So uh, thankful and lucky that my family is all healthy. So uh, yeah, that's great. That's the good news. How are you? Yeah, it's been a strange one. But actually, uh, Riverside County, where I am, has uh, opened tennis pickleball and uh, golf about a month ago nice yeah i've been kind of back uh, busy at work so good all is pretty much well but it's um obviously a, a trying time for us all did uh i assume the uh, office closed for you or did, were you able to keep going in there yes we're fortunate from our business uh we didn't realize how good we could be working remotely but we do graphic design for many of the world's biggest brands and we were always always gathered together and we immediately had to react and get you know get people safe and comfortable and now we've found that we are as efficient as we were before. And quite frankly, a lot of people like their commute from their uh, bedroom to their office is uh, <laughs> 22 seconds versus, you know, some people are driving two hours and rush hour traffic and cussing out people that didn't use a turn signal and everything else. Yeah. So do you think one of the long-term effects of this pandemic is going to be a kind of a restructuring in the office environment? No question. Later today, as a matter of fact, I have a call on that very topic. I think one of the phrases I can't stand is we've always done it that way. And uh, that I think applies to pickleball as well. But mm. why do we have to go to this place when we can be equally as effective somewhere else? So there's no question. I think you will see many companies looking at how to find a happy medium. Certainly, you need to gather, certainly the sense of community. Certainly, I am keeping a very close eye on the mental health of my teams, just because there are some people that live by themselves and you know need that personal connection. I'm fortunate to have the lovely Deb Fleming and my two daughters, so uh, <laughs> I have that every day. But yeah. I guarantee you a huge percentage of companies, and I'm talking all the way up to Fortune 500, are going to change what the going to the office requirements are. There's no doubt. Yeah, we're going to see exactly what level of leadership is present in these bigger companies. There's a great expression in leadership is what happens when the boss isn't looking. And now with all these people, you know, staying at home now, obviously, but likely going to get given the choice if they want to come in or not come in or there may no longer be a place for them to come into after um, you know companies realize well we can save some office space stay home hopefully you can be as productive 
It's going to be a really interesting time for the corporate world. I mean, in the whole world, obviously, how we bounce back from this. But I'm very curious if a company can actually maintain a level of productivity. Right now, I think everybody's in this kind of honeymoon period of, yeah. really, I get to work from home? Fantastic. But how long is it actually going to be viable until the kind of office dynamics and behavioral psychology that kind of dictate you know, productivity within an office, uh, any company, shifts dramatically? Yeah, I think it's both ways right now. I feel so much for the, the single parents or certainly, my goodness, the, the healthcare workers and so forth, where the burden of daycare, teaching and all that fell upon people working at home. So that plus the demands of whatever their career might be. So if you get to the point where schools are back to as close to normal and the daycare situation is as close to normal and people don't have fear of going to the grocery store, which I respect that many people do. So even that shopping dynamics change. So I think people are going to try and see what the new normal is, but they might really like being at home when all that other stuff isn't such a huge burden on them because they can't escape it. I mean, I think a lot of people found refuge at the office because they could get away from the challenges and really focus on their career. So it'll be interesting to your point. Can people continue to drive their career from their kitchen table? Yeah. A couple of the people I play pickleball with, one of them is a police officer for the uh, Palm Springs Department. And he was telling me that things have generally been slower for them, except for domestic disputes. How many relationships are going to get tested by virtue of the fact that, well, now you're actually stuck together. Yeah. I think there's a certain amount of time that we all like to spend together with our loved ones and partners. And, but there's a limit. Yeah. I know I have my, my kind of limits. They could easily be disguised as commitment issues, but they're really not. I just don't like any one person so much that I want to be around them all the time. <laughs> really think about whether or not we edit that bit out because Jen might listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Sorry, I know somebody. Uh, but you know it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think, Morgan, it's like this is being taped a couple of days after Memorial Day. And the three day weekend used to be something where I'd be traveling or have just a bear of a week in the office. And then you get to this relaxation and just get away from it all. And that extra day was just enormous. And now. Mm. I'm at the same place I was on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday beforehand. So uh, just those things are just different, and it's and it's not different bad. I mean, it's it's just different. And finding you know whatever everyone's personal endeavors are within a space, I'm sure every uh, dog in the world is like, "What happened here?" Because I don't get my space ever now. So uh, it's just weird. But like Memorial Day, putting aside the what it stands for and the appreciation of, of those that, that fought for our country, just the idea of a three-day weekend, whatever it is, is just different. And and I think we're all trying to figure that out. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about if you knew that this was coming, would you have planned for it differently? I think the answer is probably everybody would have, but that wasn't the way the world worked this year. So we're all doing the best we can. We're playing cards like crazy and, uh, mm. you know, all the all the little things that maybe we took for granted before are really, uh, really special now. 
family time is now forced upon us as opposed to it being a choice. And I think everybody is going to realize pretty quickly if they haven't already just how much they actually like their family. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So bringing this to a slightly more pickleball-related topic, I mean, apparently pickleball is in the name of this show, so we should probably bring it in somehow. (laughs) We're going to take a little break from Dave for a quick word from our sponsor. You're engaged in a dinking rally, and it occurs to you that you're getting picked on by your opponents. Maybe your soft game is weaker than your partner's, or perhaps your opponents are just testing to see if you can handle the pressure. For now, we need a strategy to get you off the hot seat. Most players are far more comfortable dinking cross-court than they are down the line, and with good reason. There's a lot more margin for error cross-court. To get yourself out of trouble, it's time to start dinking down the line. Not just once, not just twice, Do it continuously until your opponent either takes the risk of attacking you or redirects to your partner. If they are comfortable dinking down the line with you, then you can instantly make yourself the most dangerous player on the court by straddling the sideline and the kitchen line. Or if you're feeling very ambitious, by attempting the famous Ernie shot. Remember, it's the threat of these things more than anything else that's going to force your opponents to think twice about attacking you and you'll get off the hot seat. For more lessons on a variety of topics, go to coachmepickleball.com. That sounds like decent advice, and I would definitely sign up if I didn't start the company. Let's check back in with Dave. Like every other sport, pickleball's taken a hit by this. Do you think marketers are going to be able to find a way to write the ship in some way, shape, or form, like finding a, a niche kind of market to fill the void where the influx of money from tournaments and paddle sales is obviously down considerably? Yeah, I think you've seen this backyard explosion of uh, especially all the cities and states and regulations where the courts are closed, the church is closed, the gym is closed, wherever people might play that I know I played in the alley for a while on a temporary net. So I'm certain that that's happening. I think the opportunity is there. And I think uh, the smart marketers now need to be planning for the fact, as you mentioned, your area is open back up. Uh, I live in Texas. Texas courts are open back up. So I use the term and have used it many times with our fine Barnes brothers that are the backbone of Selkirk that, you know, this is the obsession that we all have. And when you're obsessed with something and you can't have it, that doesn't make you less obsessed. That makes you more obsessed. So you want to, you can't even stand to get out there. So I think the, the smart marketers will be ready for the influx of people that are going to want something to fuel that obsession again. And you just have to be able to position that as to why is this important right now? What What is it? What makes it different or better? But I know the pickleball people I talk to every day, you know, they want to get a little better or have the newest thing or whatever. And I don't think that goes away. Now, certainly, I respect the heck out of the difficulties of the economics of what we talked about earlier. And certainly that is a part of this. But I think people really, really, truly love the game and uh, showing why any new product across the pickleball spectrum will make that love for the game a little better. Will that disposable income, which maybe went to concert tickets or sporting events or whatever, will find its way into the pickleball land because for a lot of the listeners of this program and all the pickleball people that you and I interact with all the time, pickleball is number one, and that's awesome. Mm. So trickle-down economics will come to the rescue. I hope so. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, I do wonder how many players out there right now are addicted to the game or addicted to competition. I did a, a show three or four weeks ago, you may have listened to it, with a guy named Shane McClellan. Yep. Who's a new new to pickleball, but an NFL former NFL player won the Super Bowl, and he you know one of the interesting things he said was that he, he was never in love with football. I mean, he just loves competition, and his body and his athletic nature suited football the best. You know, I find myself I, I love competition, and you know as long as I'm able to compete, to a certain extent, I'm not too fussed how I do it. Um, I find a way to compete, whether it's just with myself from yesterday or people around me in different environments like I'm, I'm playing quite a lot of golf these days and it's a good way to have a you know a fairly fairly safe competition you know against myself against the course do you think pickleball has gotten to the point where there are players out there that literally look at it as a job um, as opposed to you know the fun loving game that we all just stumbled across and got addicted to and found ourselves you know in this position years later Oh, I certainly think there's probably a small percentage in that camp of this is a grind. And when you hear grind, it's usually not a positive. But I think for the people that want to get better, and I've had the pleasure to play with Shay. So uh, Shay is a big boy at the kitchen line, let me tell you. The, <laughs> I think this sport, as I've seen it, is different. You know, I played tennis since I was five years old. And, you know, the burnout that you hear about is real juniors uh people that play you know the high level leagues in and all the big tennis markets dallas certainly being one of them uh it's real you just get to the point where it, it feels like a job even though you're not paying mm. playing for any money um the communal spirit of pickleball is what i've seen that's different and certainly you know 40 plus years of tennis versus you know three and a half years of pickleball for me is is a different so it's not the brand new shiny object but it's still the new shiny object but i don't know people that that have quit or ever say that i mean the that's the difference i see i think the the level of competitiveness is either within one as you said how do i hit my third shot drop a little better mm. or how do i finally beat jerry who i've played against for five years and you can be three o's three fives however whatever level jerry is you know you have that little battle that jerry doesn't even know he's in the middle of and uh, <laughs> so i think pickleball it has been for me a wonderful combination of all of that and to be able to compete at a very high level again at something i am obsessed but i'm obsessed in a way that uh I can't wait to go out and play and I can't wait to go out and play at all levels, go out, you know, I'll probably go out later today and play with my daughters and my wife and just have fun teaching them the game and some of the nuances as they add that into their athletic endeavors. I mean, it's, you know, to wrap this back up to COVID, I mean, that's the opportunity I'm getting now uh, mm. to teach the game more often to them who are away at college. So I, I just think pickleball so far has just been different. It's it's the relationships. It's the it's everyone loves playing, but there's a smile on your face even at the at the highest level of competition. And you know, certainly, personally, I hope I certainly believe it'll stay that way, and I certainly hope it does for the sport. But I've definitely seen people that are grinding on the difficult grind side of it. And, and I think that's probably going to be the case in any, in any endeavor like this. 
it is a word that can go both ways, really. I, I know, yeah. personally, I never made it as a tennis player in the professional ranks, and college tennis doesn't really exist in the same way it does in America back in Australia. But every time I've met someone who has played a lower level of professional tennis, futures, challenges, high-level college stuff, they use that word a lot, the grind, the daily grind, getting out there five or six hours a day for the slim possibility that one day you might be on the world stage and uh, you know make it inside you know you got to be in the time in for men's around the top 70 75 they say to be making money in women's 20 25 players in the world are are making a money uh, making a, a decent living um, yes. the rest the ends aren't meeting and they fairly quickly fall out obviously you know we don't have the kind of money in pickleball that tennis does yeah at some point it's a real kind of chicken and the egg what's going to go first having enough players that are literally out there whether they want to or not um, and then fathers teaching children the same way making sure they're on the court dinking doing their thirds going through the motions whether that kid wants it or not you know the andre agassi yeah kind of principle of if you're a parent you can make a child a champion whether they want to or not right it doesn't make a good idea but at some point is pickleball ever going to be that kind of sport and therefore have a chance to perhaps be uh, introduced to the olympics beyond a you know demonstration event yeah i certainly think it can i know a lot of people want that goal i know there's rules and guidelines about the number of countries that have to play it so the international uh, growth of the game will, will be really important. I think the infancy of what this game really is as it's growing, and it's certainly growing, and I was looking at some stats the other day, like just the search for the term pickleball was at its height earlier this year. Then obviously COVID came along. So I think this obviously has been a huge, but temporary, in my opinion, stop in the road. So I think we can get back going. When you look at something like the Nationals at Indian Wells Tennis Garden, I mean, that's the things that the big sponsors and the big big corporations will want to get behind as, as you show it and, and grow it and more people. So you just need scale. And we're not a lot of years into this being even on a national stage from the standpoint of just awareness of what pickleball is. It's coming along for sure. I know everyone freaked out the other day when Ellen mentioned that she plays pickleball. So, you know, every little mention like that helps the sport. And every little mention like that is a building block to what you talked about, about someday having whatever the voluntary version of pickleball, the, the, the Ben Johns when he's 55 grinding these little sparkies out on the, out on the court would be awesome to see, you know, Tyson McGuffin out there teaching that would be amazing. And I think it's a, a realistic goal down the road. We just all as ambassadors of the sport, especially now have to just keep putting the game in front of the right people. And, you know, once we get through this incredibly difficult time in our country, use pickleball as a fuel to get those connections going again, because we are disconnected. And it's because of the virus, it's because of other stuff going on. And I think pickleball is unique in that way and that we can get people from all across the country and hopefully, you know, all the countries that play reconnected against something that we all truly love and then just keep building on that and then we'll have the pickleball academy someday ah, he's a funny guy i do love dave fleming but we're going to take a break there to get involved with another game of pickleball trivia 
Welcome to Pickleball Trivia. We've got a special one today, folks. A couple of brothers from Washington, Garrett and Damon Little. How you doing, fellas? Good, Morgan. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Um, so how old are you guys? I'm 13. 13, that's Garrett? Yes. And Damon, how old are you, mate? I'm 19. Okay. All right, I won't do too many history questions because I don't know how long you guys have been on, you know, following Pickleball. How long have you been playing? About three years, probably. Yeah. Oh, all right. So you, you know some stuff. Have you played you played tournaments? Yes. Nice. Cool. Okay. Yeah, you guys would be good. A lot of these adults. Are so hopefully you guys can prove your demographic to be effective. Garrett, you're going to be contestant number one. You will have the serve. I'm going to ask you a pickleball-related question. If you manage to get that right, you'll get the point and continue answering questions. First player to get to five points is the winner, and they receive a almost unlimited Selkirk gift voucher. Um, don't tell them I said that, obviously. If you get the question wrong, unfortunately, you lose the serve. It'll go over to contestant number two, Damon. Now, you guys are in separate rooms, right? Yes. Okay, good. Let's keep it all above board. <laughs> all right, so Garrett, you are contestant number one. Are you ready for your first question? Yep, I'm already. Okay. In a two out of three to 11 point game of singles, how many timeouts per game is a player allowed to call? You. That is correct. That was far too easy. You, you answered that very quickly. So I can tell you're already ahead of the game. Question number two. Typically, how many holes are in an outdoor pickleball? 40. This is all happening so fast. Okay, this could be the quickest game in history. Come on, Morgan, we got to beef these questions up. All right, all right, all right, all right. Don't you worry. We'll get there. Garrett, question number three. What year was pickleball invented? That's the spirit. That's what exactly what Damon wanted to hear. Yes. Can I use a timeout? No, you can't use a timeout. Yeah, no, I, I, tried to, I tried to do the timeout thing early on, but the amount of work trying to make the right hints, uh, it was killing me. I'll go with 1985. Ooh, unfortunately, that is incorrect. That means Damon has a chance to steal the point and the serve. Damon, what do you got for me? I've got 1965. That is correct. You have the right answer. Well played. Well played. Thank you. So you're on the board. You have the serve. Next question. What is the total maximum dimension of a USAPA-approved paddle? Oh, shoot. So that is length plus width has to be under a certain dimension, under a certain measurement. What is it? Is it 22 inches? It is not 22 inches. Okay. Unfortunately, that means Garrett has a chance. Garrett? I'll go with 20. Unfortunately, that also is incorrect. The correct answer is 24 inches. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Bad luck. Don't worry. Happens to the best of us. You guys are still doing you know, really well compared to the, most of the people on this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it means, Damon, you get to keep the serve, and you'll have a chance at uh, getting another question right. Pickles was the name of the dog that legend says... The sport was named after. What kind of dog was he? Was it a Cocker Spaniel? It was. You listened to the show before, didn't you? Maybe a little bit. Good man. You should get credit for that. All right. So we've got uh, a tied ball game. Two points each. Are you ready, Mr. Damon? I am ready. According to the 2020 USAPA rulebook, there is no restriction to paddle thickness. True or false? 
true. That is correct. All right, yeah, it can be as thick as you want. That seems odd, but eh, what yeah. do I know? <laughs> and so you're up 3-2. The Nasty Nelson is named after which player? Of course, it is Timothy Nelson. It is Timothy Nelson. All right, so you're only one point away. Are you feeling the pressure? No, I'm feeling fully confident I am ready to go. Ooh, yeah. Uh, this next one's going to be tough. Okay. All right. Who won the men's pro doubles in the 2016 U.S. Open? Ooh, 2016. Was it Dave Weinbach and Kyle Yates? It was indeed Weinbach and Yates. That was before you even started playing. It was. Come on. <laughs> How did you get away with that? Jeez. Why? Wow, you know, this was supposed to go for 45 minutes. I, I really thought you people would get things <laughs> wrong. But uh, I think you only missed a couple of questions. That's uh, some kind of record. Garrett, I'm afraid uh, you started strong. You really did. I had high hopes for you. Um, I'm a younger brother to my older brother, uh, not surprisingly. And, yeah, it, 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 is it going to kill you? It's not going to kill you, is it? Um. Well, I know that he's been researching a lot. Oh, well. So there's a bit of a lesson here. If you do your research, you're probably going to win. Yeah, I just <laughs> open mind thinking that might help, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'll, what I'll do is I'll make sure we have a rematch because, you know, there's a brotherly competition. That's, that's what life's all about, really. So we'll get you, we'll get you back on there and uh, give you a chance at redemption. Is that cool with you, Garrett? Yes, I'll get yes, of course. All right, good man. Well, I hope you two are staying safe, uh, staying out of trouble. Have you been able to play much pickleball? Yeah, a little bit. We have a um, kind of makeshift court here at home. It's not the full length, but it's good for dinking and net play and drills so we've been keeping busy with that good stuff and uh when tournaments start playing again what uh, what's next on the horizon for you well we're not entirely sure we're pondering possibly making a trip down to toc but we'll see it's in the works got to convince the mother first that's a possible ponder for seeing the toc okay yeah all right well that's a mouthful um yeah. I'll be pondering the same, and if uh, if I get there and you're there, I'll see you there. Awesome. <laughs> All right, fellas. Stay out of trouble. Be good to your parents. Take it easy. Thank you so much. No worries. Cheers, guys. Bye. go boys will be boys damon defeating garrett in i'm gonna go out on a limb and say game number one because we'll definitely have those kids back they seem nice let's check back in with dave yeah now, it's interesting you say that i think once once we get children playing pickleball from a young age then we won't be sort of pigeonholed into Okay, if you were a great tennis player, congratulations. You get to walk into being a professional pickleball player. I think, you know, and I'm very curious. My main curiosity is what is technique, what what is pickleball technique going to look like in 100 years? Because I refuse to believe it's just going to be great tennis players using tennis shots. Um, And that's not the case, you know, specifically now, but it's pretty dominated by tall athletic uh, tennis players or young Dave Flemings with wonderful two-handed backhands. Young is very uh, very nice there Morgan. Thank you, brother. Well, it's 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 relative. I you know the the guy you've been uh, compared to the most in life, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, I think is old. I think he's older than you. Yes. Have you seen the new show? That's that's the oh. biggest question I'm I'm getting to. 
23 Hours to Kill, I think it's called. Have you seen it? Well, Morgan, you didn't know this answer was coming, but I'm glad you asked. I actually saw that live. So, uh, Oh, you did? Yeah, so I happened to be in New York uh, and went, took the lovely Deb, who I mentioned before, to the Beacon Theater and saw that live. So the, Oh, that is so good. As some people know, I've uh, done my share of comedy over the years, and uh, Jerry is certainly, you know, Seinfeld's my favorite show. And so I, it was really fortunate. I was there for business, and then my wife and I stayed over the weekend to do a show and was able to sneak our way into getting some tickets and seeing him live and in New York City in his backyard, just freaking talked about, you know, world-class athletes. That's maybe the greatest stand-up comedian ever and to see it live on his favorite stage was just the best yeah i mean his delivery his timing it's just it's yeah. just incredible he he has not lost a beat he's gotten better yeah. it's 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 incredible how uh how quickly he could just pick up where he left off and i mean who knows how many little shows he's been doing here and there but it was i was blown away and i haven't seen i haven't seen a stand-up show from him for 15 20 years so yeah. Amazing stuff. Well, Dave Fleming, I think we, we've got through almost everything that the world needs to hear, I'd say. What do you reckon? Well, good. I love talking anything with you, Morgan, and love being on the show. And I certainly hope anyone who's listening to this is safe and well and look forward to seeing yourself and all the fellow pickleballers out on the courts that for rec play and certainly tournaments really darn soon certainly is there a way you know your your fan club can get in touch with you do you have a fan club is it budding is there, is there a website <laughs> you know if you if you go if you go on youtube and type in dave fleming speaks s-p-e-a-k-s uh, you'll find some of my corporate comedy i do it like maybe once or twice a year I do an event called Pickle Palooza, which is a huge celebration of pickleball and pros playing and people learning and playing against people from all over the country. So I've actually now done comedy on a pickleball court too, Morgan, to bring this whole freaking thing together. And it was a blast <laughs> to do that. So Good there's man. some of that on there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, marketing and comedy are very similar from uh, finding insights about a person or about people's behaviors and making a fun spin on it so uh i look a lot younger back to the younger in the clips because i haven't filmed anything in a while but i'd love to have people check it out morgan <laughs> fantastic and i i will check it out good. don't you worry good you do that <laughs> all right bud well i will uh let you go and we'll see you on the court soon i hope certainly agree thanks my man all right take care dave bye cheers mate This podcast was powered by Selkirk. This podcast is also brought to you by the next generation of Selkirk Paddle, the Vanguard. I'm Morgan Evans, and this has been More or Less Pickleball. sitting there at your desk and you get an email and then a second later you get oh recall recall this person wants to reach into my laptop and suck that email out of that machine 
here's the deal about the recall email. When your email first arrived, I really wasn't that interested. In it. <laughs> but now that you want it back, <laughs> I am reading every darn word. I want to know what has gone astray in this email. And if this is a clever ploy to get me to read your emails, it is working. 